NBA Strayer, how are you going? How are you going? It's right, it's NBA Strayer, it's 2024. First show back for the new year, pinching a punch for the new lunch, I don't know. Uh, it is Monday, January 8th, and I am your host, James Clements, uh, still sporting a uh, an annoying ulcer on the roof of my mouth, so I'm a little bit lispy. Uh, <laughs> I'm also the editor of a good website called CodeBet. Uh, you can also see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, Fox Sports Lab NFL, Code Bet Daily stuff. I'll pop on the Cricket Today podcast every so often. I don't know about football today, but either way, they're there too. Uh, I'm here back in Larry Armour Studios. That's right, after a couple of weeks down there at uh, Chateau de l'Amour Studios in Lawn, we're home. Uh, so since we last had a show, we had a trade. LeBron is still sad about the Lakers. SGA is throwing his hat into the MVP race. I don't know. Draymond is back now-ish, kind of. Oh, man, he needs another week to ramp up, bro. Okay. Uh, So what we'll do on today's show is just quickly go through every team uh, as they start, you know, this 2024 bit. We're almost halfway through the season, which is crazy. Uh, But basically, we'll take stock of all the teams right now on their record and uh, just sort of give a quick little breakdown on how they're trucking. Uh, then we'll do some, yeah, nahs. We'll do the unpopular opinion of the day. And we'll do our back take, yes. We were serving up a flame grilled take. And then we'll do a great moment in NBA Australia stat history because it's just a great moment a lot of the time. Because why not? And then we'll pick and preview all the games tomorrow and we'll catch up on all the picks that we're putting out via Twitter uh, over the holidays. We did okay, not great. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. All right, so uh, without further ado, maybe we should do a deli review at the end as well. Yeah, why not? It's been a been a while. Why not? That's uh, what what is it? Episode one thousand and thirteen of NBA Australia. Choice. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Or you better watch out for the chuck attack if you're uh, Diet Coke. I enjoyed that on Inside the NBA. Chuck giving up Diet Coke. The more remarkable aspect is that he's like, Chuck, I drink eight or nine of these a day. It's like, what? I don't even have eight or nine beers a day. <laughs> if I did, I think it would be a bit of a worry. But either way, uh, it's good that Chuck was like, uh, Chuck, I'm going to give up for the new year. I'm going to give up. Die, cool. It's like, all right. And then he's sitting there drinking a bottle of water. He's like, man, this don't taste like nothing. Yeah, it's water. When was the last time Charles Barkley had water? Now I'm just worried about lots of different things. Anyway, uh, that was very cool and very fun. I'm not one for uh, New Year's resolutions, really. Uh, sort of just take it as it comes, you know. That's how I go about most things. Uh, but it was a cool break. It was a very nice break, actually. I mean, we did two NFL Australia's while we were down uh, in Lawn, Gaz and I. Very fun. But most of the time, we you know spent doing absolute sweet fuck all. It was great. It's like, what did you achieve in the two weeks? I don't know. Squid number one became more sausage roll than man. He had a sausage roll every day on the walk back from the beach. I think we got down to the beach at least twice a day for 
Big stretch. So, yeah, it was really good. Nice break. Uh, just rattling through. I think I took down three or four jerseys. I had the Kemp jersey. I had a brand-new Shaq Orlando jersey, which Orlando are now going to retire, which is pretty cool. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, what else did I have? I have the, Ga- the Patty Mills Brooklyn Nets one, and I think I had the Gazy Spurs 10, which was fun as. So. Right, but it was a good, nice little break. So fully f- charged up, ready to go. The only problem is... Yeah, the finger's still a bit fucked, and uh, I've got this thing on the roof of my mouth that just won't piss off, so I'm going to go to the doctor. What are you doing? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's not great. Man, it's a pain in the ass. It's like I've had the uh, roof of my mouth pierced. You know, when you get a tongue piercing, it's like, <laughs> for a couple of days. Anyway, uh, let's start today's show the way we start every show. Let's start the year the way we start every show here in NBA Australia with the daily. Oh, is it a whip crack, Jim? Are you going to quickly whip around and look at everything's going? Yes, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so I guess in the last two weeks, not a giant amount has actually kind of gone on. We've had a bit of a bit of drama, I guess, with the Lakers and Warriors. LeBron's throwing his coach under the bus. I did put it, you know, I was still on the old socials during the uh, holidays, so I was uh, putting out the old thing here and there. And it's like, yeah, LeBron basically spun the wheel of blame that he probably has in the back of his locker. It's like, all right, who would we blame today? Are we going to blame the front office? The coach, my teammates, somebody else, Adam Silver, I don't know. It's like Wheel of Fortune. But Wheel of LeBron Blamitude, I guess. Uh, And it sort of landed on coach, I guess. So poor Darvin Ham's like, fuck, that's right. This guy sucks to coach. (laughs) Yeah, it's never his fucking fault. Weird, that. So yeah, but he is a 21-year veteran super-duper star who's probably one of the two greatest players of all time. So you get that on the big jobs. Um, but the Lakers did have a four-game losing streak until they beat the Clippers today in a really good comeback win. Uh, the Clippers then threatened to uh, steal right from back under them. Um, but the, the biggest thing, I guess, for the Lakers, and we'll talk about this when we uh, talk about each team, is that, yeah, they were reeling. And it was a big, 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 big win today. Uh, so... That probably stymies a little bit of the drama, but it does feel very much like the turmoil The turmoil surrounding them is not going to get any less in the lead-up to the trade deadline. Uh, but it was always nice to see LeBron just, you know, staying true to form. Uh, what else? More drama with the Lakers and the Warriors, right? So the Warriors gave us Chris Paul getting hurt, uh, fractured his left hand. He's out for four to six weeks. Uh, Johnny Jambalaya, that's right, come bucket. Johnny Kaminga, he got upset at Steve Kerr. Oh, no! Jonathan Kaminga has lost faith in Steve Kerr. That's right. The three-year lottery pick <laughs> who oftentimes doesn't look like he knows how to play basketball has lost faith in a uh, in a coach who's won a bunch of titles as a player and a coach. Oh, no, what are we going to do? And it turns out he went and had to sit down and had a bit of a chat with his coach after. Look, Steve Kerr has done a shit job coaching this team. I'll leave it right there. This year has been fucking horrible. It's like Clay Thompson's cooked. He doesn't quite know it. Steve goes, oh, I've got to play him through it. It's like, that's not a great idea. Oh, I've got to assuage my veterans' feelings. It's like, do you? Steve, you've been in this exact point before plenty of times. You know that to ride your old vets just because of tenure is a bad idea. And that's what really has fucked this Warriors team the last couple of years. Just saying. But anyway, Kaminga got upset at Steve Kerr. He should have been upset with his barber based on his fucking haircut. Yeesh. 
Uh, then he had a sit down with Steve Kerr and was told to pull his head in. Uh, I mean, rather, we had a we had a nice meeting and we sort of aired our problems. And we're all on the same page now. Okay. Steve Kerr sat a flaming hot fucking Johnny Kaminga in that game that prompted this. Uh, they then blew a ten point lead against the Nugs. Come bucket was on the uh, <laughs> he was on the bench the entire time. And everyone's like, hey, Steve Kerr, that was pretty dumb. He's like, yeah, a little bit, but still, I trust my guys. It's like, what are you talking about? The guys were blowing the lead. You were making substitutions anyway, you dickhead. Fucking hell. So, yeah, anyway, Johnny Jumbalaya had a bit of a chance there, but come bucket, look, to be honest, he had a nice little bounce back, so that would be fine. Um, And Draymond being back, he's been reinstated. He can return to the team, so it would probably take another couple of... uh, Games off as he ramps his uh, conditioning back up, which is kind of fun. Uh, and then he's going to get back out there and try to tear someone's fucking head off again, no doubt. Because, yeah. Oh, he's done lots of counselling, though. Yeah, I mean, the three weeks of counselling must have fucking done wonders to that mental case. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Uh, the Magic are going to retire Shaq's number. We're going to retire his jersey. I love that. I had to think about that. I'm like, hang on a second. Has anyone actually worn the Magic 32 since? Nope. Well, that's not right. Because someone has. I'm going to reveal who later. And then we had a trade. Oh, Jim. Was this a fly in your fucking face trade? Yes, it was. Uh, Because you might remember three, four weeks ago, I was like, no, there is no way the Knicks and the Raptors trade uh, OG, RJ Barrett, etc. Because they're fucking suing each other. And I think it was Dan Drosher who was like, oh, God, Jim, you don't let a good Sue get, you know, a bit of court action get in the way of your basketball ops. Turns out he was right because the OG Ananobi, uh, Precious Achua, bless you, and uh, Malachi Flynn. And now Nick Knickerbockers of New York City, uh, in return, RJ Barrett, proud Canadian, heading back to Canada, along with Emmanuel Quickly and Detroit's second-round pick for this year, which is actually a really good one, obviously, because they're shit. Uh, awesome win-win trade. I didn't look. I was thinking about you know I was you know tossing around the idea of doing the emergency podcast. Ah, oh, it's an emergency. It's an emergency. It's not really an emergency when you got a twenty-one and fifteen Knickerbockers team and a uh, fifteen and twenty-one Raptors team who both seem to have gotten better from this trade. Like OG is not a super duper star. Um, Masai was like out there trying to get what twenty-seven first rounders for him last year, the year before, uh, then settles for RJ Barrett and quickly in a second rounder. Um, but it has already seemingly just made both teams feel better from a geometric point of view, I guess geometry. Uh, the Knicks have now rattled off four wins. The Raps got a nice win again the other day. They're making a little bit more sense with quickly there as well. Like, they had a really good... They shit-pumped the Warriors today. They got... They came pretty close to, like, you know, popping the Kings as well. They beat the Grizzlies. They beat the Cavs. They won three of the last four. RJ had 37 in that Warriors game. It's like, yeah, they're looking good. Whereas the Knicks as well, it's exactly what they need. Like, RJ felt somewhat superfluous, I guess, to uh, all their needs... And, you know, the Knicks have now won four on the trot. They've beaten the Wolves, the Bulls, the Sixers, and the Wiz. So, traditional win-win. 
<laughs> Tried. You love to see it. Uh, but OG just sort of slots in there for that Knicks team and that roster really, really nicely. And the same, with well, it also, giving them pressure to chew up is really handy for a team that lost Mitch Robinson, the other Mitch Robinson, uh, for the rest of the season, right? So Isaiah Hartenstein has been really good, but uh, handy to get a little bit more depth there for the Knickerbockers. Um, because you can now just go, all right, Jalen Brunson, and then you can sort of cycle through Q Grimes, Dante DiVincenzo, Miles McBride, whoever the piss you want to start at the, at the two spot. You've got OG at the three, along with, like, what? Hart can play a bit of the two, three, whatever. Uh, OG at the three, Randall at the four, uh, and then Precious and uh, Hartenstein at the five. So they just look really, really solid, whereas this gave the Raptors, somewhat, like, ironically... Uh, considering they got rid of three dudes and only got two back, but it feels like they have a little bit more playable depth. And it looks like they're probably going to trade Siakam anyway. That was the other sort of vibe where they're like, oh, well, we're going to trade Siakam to the Kings. And everyone's like, oh, it's happening. It's all happening. It's like the office meme. It's happening. It's happening. And then Sham's like, it's not happening. Talks have fucking shut down. It's like, all right, that seems a bit dramatic, but yeah, cool. We know that the Kings were all over it. Uh, but either way, I don't think the Raptors are done. Uh, I like that the Knicks sort of kept their powder dry if they want to make any other moves as well with a bunch of their draft picks. Uh, but they can also have a look at OG and then offer him the bag next season when he's a uh, free agent. So that'd be kind of cool. Uh, and then the last little bit of news, uh, the first All-Star votes are sort of out, which is kind of cool. Uh, I was pretty happy to see... You know, the fans are not taking the piss at the moment. So um, it's been kind of cool. I've enjoyed it. Like they've, the first returns have basically been pretty solid, right? So in the East, uh, you've got Giannis, Embiid, Tatum at the top of the front court, and in the guards, you've got Halliburton and Dame, along with Trey and Donnie Mitchell and Tyrese Maxey sort of just behind that, which is pretty good. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Jalen Brown sort of ran out of the front court stuff. My top five, I'd probably be going with Halliburton, Brunson instead of Dame or Trey or Donnie or Tyrese because I think the Knicks have been really fucking good and Brunson's most of the reason behind that. Then Tatum, Giannis, and Embiid, they're this, like, I feel like you've got four locks and then your fifth all-star is like that second front, uh, second guard spot, right? Whether it be Dame, Trey, Donnie, or Brunson. Uh, and in the West... The guards, you got Luca, Steph, SGA, um, ahead of Harden and Kyrie. Then in the front court, you've got LeBron James, KD, Yoka, AD, and Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> My votes would go to Luca and SGA because Steph has been a bit off the boil. Uh, and then in the front court, it's a bit tricky because I think you've got KD and Joker locked away for me. And then it's like LeBron or AD. Who do you like? And I'd probably give it to LeBron. Like, AD's been super... He's been better than you probably think. He doesn't quite have just that absolute pterodactyl vibe about him at the moment, though. Whereas, uh, I don't know. You kind of just want to give it to LeBron at this point, so piss it off. Uh, But there you go. So LeBron leads ahead of KD, Joker, AD, and Kawhi. Uh, Luca, Steph, SGA, Harden, Irving in the West. And then the East, Giannis leads Embiid, Tatum, Butler, and Brown. And then the guards, Halliburton, Dame, Trey, Donnie, and Maxi. Give me some more Brunson, bro. I just love Brunson. He's a nugget, 
and he's awesome. Well, he's he's a knickerbocker, but he's built like just a chunk nugget. You love to see. Good on you, Brunson. When Binyama and Chet Holmgren are in the front court, not crushing it with a fan vote, which sort of is like this weird thing where. Heading into this season, everyone's like losing their minds about, oh, Wemby, everyone's losing their shit about Wemby. It's like, yeah, but he's also kind of fucking weird. And like fans are going to take a little while and he plays in San Antonio. So look, 221,000 votes is about right, I reckon. All right, let's take a really quick break and then we'll just go through every single team at the start of our 2024 uh raft of NBA Australia shows and see where everyone's sort of sitting and how it's all going right after let's say this this is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia alright let's do it uh, where's every team at basically as we start 2024 One week into 2024, what's happening in the NBA, basically, is what I wanted to do in today's show because I'm not going to wrap up the last two weeks' worth of games or anything. Um, But I do want to sort of get a quick snapshot of what's happening right now uh, and what we've seen, what's going on with each team. So let's start in the East where Boston are undefeated at home, 17-0. They're 28-7 on top of the East. They're three and a half games up on the Bucs. The Celtics just sort of keep... Kicking the crap out of teams. That's what they do. They've got a top two offensive and defensive rating uh, for the season. Uh, They're second in both, which is pretty bloody good. And I believe since the start of December, uh, their offense has just been absolutely lights out. So I think their offensive, yeah, they've now their offensive rating is now one twenty four point six, which is just silly. It's just silly. So their net rating is eleven point nine. Streets ahead of everybody else. 9.2 is the next best of the Sixers. Then you've got the Pelicans at 8.4. Just saying after that. Interesting stuff. I'll tell you, it is pretty interesting. Oh, yes. Interesting stuff. But otherwise, like, it's been a good, solid start to the season for the Celtics, obviously. They are on top of the East. They're cruising. They look wildly dangerous. But I think it feels like the entire time you look at the Celtics team, you go, yeah. As long as the extreme zinger meal, the extreme zinger meal is healthy in the playoffs, then they're fine. If not, then we have the exact same questions, right? Joey Muzz has these moments. Uh, Derek White is a fucking weapon. Drew Holiday sort of been in and out, especially offensively, but he's had some good showings here and there. So you're not too stressed about him. Horford is healthy again. Uh, so if they've got Horford and the supercharged Zingerberger, supercharged Zingerberger should be okay. And they are deservedly the toughest-looking, most dangerous team in the East. They're 28-7. and seven. They're rolling. Good stuff. Uh, you do wonder if there's, like, one little extra spot they can sort of upgrade. But because I think the sheer amount of money they've got committed to this team uh, through the likes of Peyton Pritchard and stuff makes it a bit tough for them to really upgrade too much more. I kind of just wish they play O'Shea Brissett a little bit more because I believe in him a little bit. Uh, number two, you've got the Milwaukee Bucks. It's Algonquin for the good land there. 25 and 11. They've lost another one. They've had a bit of a rough run of it late. Uh, they've lost three of their last four. They lost back-to-back to the Pacers because the Pacers just own this Bucks team. I don't know why. Probably because their defense is shit. Uh, 
Their defensive rating is up to 19th for the season. And since the start of December, so that's that sort of, you know, month plus kind of vibe. It's still around that 18, 18th mark, right? So you have a defense that feels like it's plateaued just on the other side of uh, below average. And meanwhile, you've got a Boston team that is like just a terrifying defensive monster that is not at all afraid of the Bucks. And we'll just look at that and go, sweet matchup, bro. Oh, you've got a Dame Lillard. That's cute, bro. Check this out. We've got a Derek White and we've got a Juru Holiday. Uh, but the Bucks, it just feels like they need to really kick that defense into gear. They need probably one more body, uh, especially defensively on the wings, and they'll be okay. But, you know, they'll rely on a lot of Middleton and Giannis and Lopez. It feels like they just need one more sort of swing dude defensively. We'll see how they go. But still, 25 and 11. They're in a bit of a rut at the moment. But I think they'll be fine because they can't really move anything else. They've got nothing to move. <laughs> it's the tough part for them. Uh, look for buyout, guys. Sixers are 23 and 12. As mentioned, their defense is really coming along. Uh, they're third overall for the season. I think they're now on top, if you want to go, since the start of December 1 as well. Well, since the start of December. And uh, offensively, they're top five. So they're top five in both categories. They're 23 and 12. And Tobias, the never nude Harris, it feels like you could just, if you could just upgrade that spot to someone slightly more interesting and better than Tobias Harris. Uh, hey, uh, Tobias, can you get us 19 points? He's like, you got a boss, he's 15 points. You're like, fuck. Why are you always so whelming? Uh, but Embiid is unreal. Maxi's really good. They work together awesomely. It does sort of feel like if they could get like Levine from the Bulls or something like that, you know, just have that extra scorer, that'd be kind of handy. Or try to snag one of the Nets' wings, whether it be Dorian Finney-Smith, even Royce O'Neal, like if you want to go pay for not much, that kind of guy. Uh, either way, six is twenty-three and twelve. They've lost a couple on the trot. Embiid has got like swelling in his knee. That's always a bit of a worry. Uh, it's also one of those things where you go, all right, so they lose to the Knicks. They got shit pumped by the Knicks the other day. They then lose to the Yaz. He's got swelling in his knee. But it's essentially just them going, right, if this is just built-in rest for Embiid, that's fine. If there's anything more underlying there, I'd start to get real worried real quick because they're fucked without it. The Orlando Magic Men, 21 and 15. The Cleveland Cavaliers, 21 and 15. And the New York Knickerbockers of New York City, 21 and 15. They are your next three teams, rounding out the top six in the East. Uh, The Magic have been awesome. They're one of the best teams at covering the line in the NBA as well. I love them. Uh, Franz Wagner has just sort of, uh, he missed today. They still beat the Hawks because the Hawks are shit. Um, Nothing like Caleb Houston going absolutely hammer and tongs and dropping 25 on the fucking Hawks. God, the Hawks are bad. Um, But they just beat the Nuggets as well in Denver in an awesome game. And the Magic are one of my favorite teams to watch in the NBA right now. They had like a little bit of a swoon when they're on the road out west. And that's what made that Denver win so impressive because they'd lost to the Suns, the Warriors, and the Kings in three really competitive games, but they couldn't quite get over the line. Then in the last swing of that West Coast road trip, well, the West road trip, they beat the Nuggets in Denver in a huge come-from-behind win. So I love the Magic men. 
I think defensively they have uh, just what is it? Youth, length, Jalen Suggs. Like it just makes a huge difference. They're top four in defensive rating. Uh, offensively, it feels like they have another gear to go into because they're like ranked twenty first. That might be because they don't really have much in in terms of uh, point guards, but they're still really fucking good. Paolo, Franz, they're an awesome team. Jalen Suggs is an absolute dog, and I love him. Uh, Cleveland, that's right. Cleveland! 21-15. They've won three on the trot, but that's still without Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, or Evan Mobley, um, which is a bit crummy. They just snuck past the Spurs uh, this morning, and... Like, that was go the throw Jared Allen going, fucking check this out, 29-16 on your head. Pa-pow! Uh, Donnie Mitchell, he had a rough night, and it's one of those games that they should have lost, but my sweet baby, Karis LeVert, and Sam Merrill hit five threes. Uh, very handy. So they sort of snuck that one out beside, you know, despite themselves almost, and that's where uh, Cleveland sort of sit at. Because it's like, oh, Jim, they've won three on the trot. Yeah, they beat the Wizards twice, and then the Spurs Let's pump the brakes. <laughs> but they've been wildly whelming, and to get those three wins in a row is pretty important because it keeps their heads heads above water while they sort of wait for Garland and Mobley to get healthy. Uh, they just need to bank what, whatever wins they can, right? So good on them. Uh, it feels like they could still upgrade a little bit on the wings, but 21-15, 12-8 at home, not great, 9-7 and seven on the road. Point differential of only plus 1-8, you know, 1.8. That's about where it feels like they should be sitting, and that's where they are. So they're in fifth. And the Knicks, defensively looking really, really good. Uh, they, especially, like, they had a really rough... You could see why they pulled that trade, right? For RJ Barrett, it's like, right, cool. Bit of offensive ball handling, defensively not quite there. Let's get OG Ananobi. Let's kick this fucking defense back into gear. They're up to 14th across the season. They had a horrible December defensively. It seems to have righted the ship a little bit in this four-game winning streak where they have given up exactly 105, 92, 100, and 106 points to the Wolves, the Bulls, the Sixers, and the Wiz. So that's uh, pretty, 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 pretty good. So, look, I think it just freed it's freed up Randall and Brunson just to go, right, we're the dudes. OG's like, cool, I get to be a dude as well. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, a dude. Whereas RJ Barrett, top three pick. You know, much belly-hooed. And now they don't have to sort of worry about that. It's kind of good. The Knicks, they just make a little bit more sense on paper. The Pacers and the Heat are both 20 and 15. Two very different sorts of teams, right? The Heat give up 111.6 points a game. The Pacers give up 124 while scoring 126. It's just silly. It's just silly. The Pacers are 26 in defensive rating, obviously. Uh, Whereas, I'll tell you what. This Miami team defensively, it's just like, come on, bro. Give us a break. They're ranked 13th. Their offense is not doing too badly this uh, year as well. The Heat, they're 17th in offensive rating. India still tops for the season. As mentioned, though, Boston have sort of outstripped them since the start of December. But uh, look, the Pacers can outscore anybody. We've seen them just absolutely hammer and tong that Bucks team. Uh, but the problem is with the bit of the consistency. And as I've said, it's like if they can kick the tires and going out there and, you know, getting another big wing. There's not many of them out there, but just one dude to go next to Bruce Brown and Halliburton and healed. Kind of fun. Uh, but they got killed by the Celtics the other day. 
and it came after they put up 150 on the Hawks again because they just love doing that. So they had beaten the Rockets, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Bucks twice, and then the Hawks before that Celtics loss. The Pacers, look, they looked a bit wonky after the in-season tournament. They're okay. Uh, are they a legit contender? I don't know. It feels like that'd be a really good landing spot for Siakam. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just don't know what they're going to give up for. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets and the Chicago Bulls are both on 16 and 21. The Nets are a huge swing piece, I think, in this uh, trade deadline just because they've got so many moving parts and it just feels like it's very, very wonky at the moment. Uh, the cool thing is, hey, Jim, what's uh, Brooklyn's record over the last 14 games, do you think? That's right, the Nets are 3-11 over the last 14 games. They have uh, not been good. They're sort of moving Cam Thomas in and out of the starting rotation. Uh, Mikael Bridges hasn't taken that sort of big leap that they probably expected him to a little bit. So uh, it's a bit tough, a bit tough. And I'll tell you what, their sort of plan from here on out should be to catch in some of these chips that they've got. They've got a million wings. You just keep a hold of Bridges and Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, and outside of that, I'd be like, righto, who wants what? We're not tanking because we're not going to get too much more, you know. We can't get too much more worse than this. They've been very bad. But I don't know. They've got to sort of try to figure out how to get that sort of real, uh, if it could be Donovan Mitchell or something, if Cleveland sort of start bottoming out, that feels like the ideal spot to throw him uh, next to Bridges and Cam Johnson. And Claxton, as long as you keep those three, everything else is up in uh, the air for the Nets. Whereas the Bulls, Kobe, Kobe White, give me the most improved player. I love him. He's been awesome. Uh, Levine came back in the win over the Hornets. Uh, they go and play another return game against the Hornets tomorrow. Levine could completely submarine these good vibes. I mean, but they had lost to the Knicks and the Sixers, but they're so much more competitive than they had been. So the Bulls... Without Vooch, had obviously hit a bit of a snag. If they just move Levine and sort of get back anything, I feel like they're all right. Because you just go, right, Kobe, you and DeMar, what can you do, mate? And if DeMar goes, right, can you trade me? It's like, all right, that's fine. 15 and 21 of the Raptors in 11th in the East. Uh, They were really fucking good against the Warriors. They kicked the shit out of them. So they've won three of the last four, as I mentioned. RJ be fantastic there for Canada. I love the move. I think he'll be awesome. The Hawks are a mess, 14 and 21. Now, if the Nets could somehow pry DeJunte Murray away from the Hawks, that's where you'd be looking at if you're the Nets, right? If you're, I don't know, the Orlando Magic, I'd be doing everything in my fucking like power to go and get DeJunte from the Hawks. I don't know. I don't care what it'd fucking take. But like, give me DeJunte Murray on the Orlando Magic, and now we're actually cooking, you know? Anyway, uh, the Hawks are a mess, giving up 123.7 points a game, scoring only 122. <laughs> I don't know, if you give up more than you score, it's probably bad, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, 28th in defensive rating, 
And their offensive rating is still sixth, but they're still just not winning enough games, are they? It is gross. They've lost two on the trot now. They're looking very, very dubious. Uh, I believe they've lost like six of their last eight as well. Yeah, that checks out. Six of the last eight. So just a mess. They look fucking horrible in that game against the uh, Magic today where they just they forced overtime and uh, then the Magic just kept them at arm's length and kicked their ass. So not bad, man. Not bad. Uh, Charlotte, they're a basket case. They're 8-25. They're completely falling off a cliff, this Hornets team. It is getting dire. They beat the Kings the other day in just a stupid game. Prior to that, they had lost, I think it was, it had hit 10, I think it was 11 games. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, they lost 11. Then they beat the Kings out of fucking nowhere. You're like, come on, man. It wasn't murderers row, though. They lost to Miami twice. New Orleans, the Sixers, the Raptors, the Pacers, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Suns, and the Nugs again. Yeah, you're probably going to lose 11 of those. Um, But you've got Rose. uh, Very little else, I guess, on this Hornets team where if you look at it, you go, if we need a sort of bigger wing, what should you be trying to go get Miles Bridges? Do you want Gordon Hayward? Would you try to get PJ Hamilton Washington? If they can get healthy... That's what I want. I want to just start pillaging the Hornets for their shit players. Uh, either way, they're 8-25. Their season's cooked. No Lamello, no Hornets, uh, which is a shame. I am literally wearing a Charlotte Hornets like hat right now. So, <sighs> just sad. Anyway, what else we got? The Wizards are 6-29. and 29. Uh, What are they in their last 14 there, Jim? How many, how many games? Oh, what are they? <laughs> That's right, they're 311. That's amazing to think about the fact that Brooklyn are the same as the uh, Wizards over this last 14-game stretch. Not great, Brooklyn. It says a lot about them. Uh, Washington, though, basket case again. And again, if you're sort of a team like the Cavs and you need like a bigger wing, uh, wouldn't you be like, hey, uh, what's it going to take to get like, I don't know, Kispit or Kuzma or Avdija or any one of your fucking wings? What are we doing? Either way, the Wiz are a mess. They've lost four on the trot. The Pistons have lost four on the trot as well after they broke their uh, record losing streak. They're now 3-33, and and they're just a horror show. Trying to watch, like, Bojan, Cade, Isaiah fucking Livers. I don't know. I just want Cade and Jalen Duran to figure shit out, Jaden Ivey to get a lot of run, and Monty Williams to stop being a horrible, horrible coach. Yeah. Tough spot. That's what they're... New Year's resolution should be. All right, going out west, the Wolves are 25-10. and 10. They are rolling. They had a tough loss in Dallas today. Uh, Dallas played out their ass and were really fucking good. Kyrie and Luka, just a little bit too good for the Wolves. And this is my fear with them, right? Like, we do spend a lot of time blowing smoke up Anthony Edwards' ass. And uh, he was... R- Look, he has these incredible games where you're like, that dude is like a top five player in the NBA and he's unstoppable and holy shit, he had 36 today. And you also have these ones where you're like, ah, I feel like he could have done a little bit more. <laughs> Which is weird. But either way, um, look, the 
the Wolves are just sort of let down by McDaniels today, going one of ten or whatever it was. Spud, spud, spud every night. But the Wolves are still super dangerous because they have a good mix of young, nascent superstar and Ant Man, legit defensive nows, where they are the best defensive rated team in the NBA so far this season. Uh, they're only giving up 107.7 points a game. That's very, very good. It feels like they need one sort of more just dead-eye shooter or extra sort of backup ball handler. Other than that, they're good. I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more. Like, Cat gives us a little bit of forcefulness, like, every so often, and they look fucking unbeatable. And then he'll have a game like today where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Check this out. And you're like, yeah, but you should be dominating this fucking tiny Dallas team. What are you doing? Denver, 26-12. and 12, uh, They're a half game back of the Wolves. They are really hitting. Oh, that was another sort of story that I sort of hit on. Yeah, missed it. So Boxing Day, uh, after that happens, Aaron Gordon was attacked by a family dog and had 21 stitches in his head and shit. Absolute chaos gear. So people are all like, yeah, it's fucking weird, man. But he's back and playing, so okay. <laughs> sure. Anyway, I mean, they kicked the piss out of the Pistons today, so no worries there. They lost to the Magic yesterday, as I said, but they're sort of just they're sleepwalking through the rest of the season until they get to the playoffs, and that's fine. Defensively, they look really good. Offensively, like they're top nine for both, so they're good. Eight and two in the last ten. Denver are rolling. Okay, see, they've hit a little hint of a snag. They're twenty three and eleven. They were absolutely flying after they beat the Celtics the other day uh, in an absolute ripper game. They then turned around and got beaten by the Hawks by three, and then lost to the Nets, uh, which was a shocking game. Um, so the Nets like absolutely fucking killed the Thunder. About thirty two or something on them, and like that was the only sort of like. Nice moment for the Thunder of for the Nets over the last little while, but OKC remain wildly terrifying and wildly wildly good. SGA, Giddy, Dort, J Dub, Chet, Case, and Wallace, Isaiah Joe, like they're just deep, they're young, they're really, really, really fucking good. Like in terms of the advanced stats and shit, they're cruising. OKC top seven defensive rating. Top four offensive rating. A lot of that's to do with SGA. They're really fucking good, man. The Wheat Picks kid. I did expect a bit of a news dump about his, uh, I don't know, adventures. <laughs> Jesus. Don't have his adventures there, Jim. Uh, I don't know, his miscreanting. There you go. And nothing sort of popped off about that over the new year. I expected them to sort of, the NBA to sort of slide that under the uh, radar. But anyway, um, 23 and 11. They're just really, really, really good, you know? So there we go. Uh, that's just really solid across the board for a, such a young team. doesn't usually exist, but it is at the moment, and that's really, really impressive, I think. Uh, right. Who else we got? We have the Clippers at 22 and 13 after that loss today. They had one, was it five on the trot? Uh, they've been, they've got one of the best records since, I don't know, obviously the last sort of three, four weeks, which is very cool. I'm enjoying watching the Clippers. I'll admit it. They're kind of weird. They're kind of funky. Are they funky? No, they're funky. Uh, between Harden sort of not being able to get out of his own way sometimes, and that loss to the Lakers was a bit of a tough one, but the way they handled the Pelicans, the Suns, the Heat, the Grizz, the Hornets, Pretty good. 
That'd be fine. They're a fun team sometimes. They'll work on the chemistry. They'll be good. They're 14 and 4 at home. That's really good. Eight and nine on the road. Uh, the Kings, 21 and 14. They're looking very, very solid. They're about the same as where they were last year, uh, which is kind of weird. Keegan Murray keeps getting better and better and better. They're 14th in offensive rating, which is like a bit of a step down from where they were last year, obviously. Uh, defensively, they're in 21st, which is a bit of a worry. But I think since the start of December, where they're sort of sitting is much more sort of, I don't know, 19th in de- uh, defense, but offense is like kicking up a little bit. They're up to 14th. So just one of those ones where you go, yeah, they're sort of just sorting it all out. And you can tell over the last, what, they've gone 5-5 five and five in the last 10. The loss to Charlotte was really bad. But they have had some really good wins in the last, you know, three, four weeks. So let's go. Uh, the fact that they got down by 50 to the Pelicans, like that's their kryptonite. I don't know why. It just is. There's a lot of size, obviously, on that Pelicans team. The Kings just can't combat it. They're 13-7 and seven in the Cowboy Kingdom, though. They just need to get their offense rolling a hint more, and they should be flying. Uh, Dallas, there's a team that's got its offense rolling. 119 points a game. That's a fair amount. 22 and 15. They're looking good. Luke and Kyrie playing really well together. Uh, they won three on the trot. Now the Mavs. They're frustrating because Greeny's been fantastic. He does so much good stuff for them. Exum's been out with his heel uh, since just after Boxing Day. But the way that Kyrie can sort of close out some of these games and then Luca's just like going to hit a stupid shot as well. And you're like, fuck yeah, let's go. The Mavs are just always going to be dangerous. The Pelicans, 22 and 15 as well. They're in the seven spot. Their defense has been fantastic. And then obviously they just fucking strangulated the Kings uh, today. So they are dangerous. They are fun. They are deep. Uh, the problem is if Zion can sort of stay fucking healthy or not. That's all we ask. It's not much. What are we doing? So... Yeah, because when they beat the Wolves the other day, Zion had 27. They kicked some ass, took some names. That was like the fourth of a four-game winning streak, and Pelicans look unbeatable, and then they sort of just you know, drop a weird game here, and then they turn around and kick the fuck out of the Kings. They're mercurial. That's what the Pelicans are. The Rockets, 18 and 16, 15 and 6 at home now. They've had a couple of uh, weird losses of late, the Rockets, but then they turned around uh, and beat the Bucks yesterday at home even with Giannis having 48. So uh, they've won three of their last four. They'll be all right as long as they play all their games at home. The thing is, I think they've just come off a, it's like a seven-game homestand, and they're going to go like on the road for like six or seven games. So keep an eye on the Rockets and if the ass falls out of them or not because they're 3-10 and 10 away from home. So Phoenix, 19-17, and 17, had a tough loss today against the Grizzlies. This is why it's hard to take the Suns seriously. Uh, Grizzlies did not have Jar who hurt his shoulder, and the Suns just fell apart. Booker tweaked his ankle a little bit. KD is just, like, gone invisible out of nowhere. And the Suns, that was a bad loss. Like, Desmond Boone and Marcus Smart were tearing him up. And you're like, that's not great. Jaron Jackson Jr. absolutely smashed it. They were down 11 in that game in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Grizzlies and came flying back to beat the Suns. And you're like, yep, that's uh, not ideal if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, right? Because you've got a lot of Grayson Allen. You've got KD with 23 points on 23 shots. Booker, 
24 and 8 with zero rebounds. It's just, they are, the cupboard is bare. And if you don't have Beal tearing it up, he had 12, 6, and 5. It's like, all right, well, what are we doing here? They just don't fit very well. What are they good at is my question for the Suns. They should be explosive offensively, but they're not. 115 points a game is pretty bloody good, but in terms of, of like offensive rating, <laughs> like the Suns still only sort of sit like 11th for the season. So defensively, they're 16th. It's not good enough. They're weird. Talk about overrated. The Lakers, 18 and 19. They had lost four on the trot, then they beat the Clippers today, so everything's okay. Uh, but the Lakers are weird. They're fun. They're wonky. They're silly. Everything about them is hilarious. I love it. And they're going to make a trade. And D'Lo saved their ass today. And it's like, yeah, but no one wants to trade for him. So sucked in. The Warriors are 17 and 19. They get Draymond back very soon. That'll be fun. Uh, will it, Jim? Yeah, probably. Because he's going to try to punch on us. Like, if you're every opposition in the NBA, aren't you now just trying to get Draymond to fucking throw a punch? You're talking so much shit to that lunatic. Fuck yeah. You'd be just nonstop yapping at him just to see what he does, just to push him over the line. Let's fucking go. I love it. Uh, but either way, the Warriors 17 and 19. Steph looks just gassed because they've had to fucking lean on him so much. And it's the start of January. And there's still two games under 500 and outside of the play-in tournament. So not great, Bob. Not great. But look, for me, I think it's just like going, right, just play the kids as much as you can, the Warriors. Try to get Clay back into some sort of semblance of form. Get Gary Payton the second back in, like, you know, and healthy. Get Moses Moody, Daria the homie Sarge. Get Cumbucket. Get Wiggins back on track and you should be okay. But, geez, it's a bit of a worry. They're 11-10 and 10 at home this year. The Warriors. They've already played 21 games at home. That is just insane. It's going to be rough sledding the rest of the way. The Yaz are 17 and 20 just behind the Warriors. Uh, they're okay. They're fine. They've sort of hit on a nice thing with Sexton and Markinen. Sexton, look, you know me, I've already had, always had a bit of a soft spot for the sex man. He does all right. And then the Jazz, you know, they're not going to trade Markinen. They shouldn't trade Markinen. Um, the way they beat the Sixers the other day was just pretty solid. And you're like, just keep doing that. Just keep doing that. Maybe trade John Collins, see what you can get for him, and that way you can actually open up a bit of playing time for Taylor Hendricks. But I don't know, Keontae George has been really fucking good. So let's go. Um, the Jazz, though, it feels like they're the team where it's they're going to keep pushing towards 500, but they're going to be one of those teams where they're very much they're the bubble in that 10, 11, 12 spot in the West. Uh, the Grizzlies, they'll be right there with them as well. They're only 10 games back, uh, 13 and 23. They're 6 and 4 in their last 10. Jar has like obviously breathed a whole bunch of life into them, so very cool. But the way they beat the Suns today and they beat the Lakers the other day was just unreal. So talk about a dangerous fucking floater. <laughs> That's the Grizzlies right now. Jar had 21 in that Lakers win, but it was mostly like Jaron Jackson Jr. has been playing out of his fucking skin. Smart has just given them an extra... He had like eight threes in that fucking Lakers game. It was incredible. So, look, they're a dangerous float-up. They're still a playoff contender, obviously. They've got a bit of work to do. But they are only four and a half games behind the Lakers for that 10 seed. So, off you go, Grizz. Portland, the great barrier reef. He keeps out playing DeAndre Ayton. You're going to have to get him into, you know, away from the two... 
uh, the two-way contract, and, and I think that's what some of their moves this week about like waving Ish Wainwright and reach for the Skylar Thompson were about because I'll have to guarantee his contract soon. The Great Barrier Reef has been fucking fantastic. And the Blazers are punchy. They're fun. They're kind of weird and wonky. And it turns out I got shit-faced on the weekend and bought a custom Duop Reef jersey. It's arriving in like 7 to 14 days. <laughs> ah, I love it. Love the Blazers. 10 and 25, going nowhere. But look, they're probably still going to end up with a top five pick this year. That's great. God, they'd be a good landing spot for Alexander Saar, wouldn't they? Fuck yeah. Uh, then you've got the Spurs at 5 and 30, wasting Wemby's first year. They've lost five on the trot. They've been in a couple of these games, but God damn it. Pop has gone off his rocker. Uh, all he should be doing is going, right, yes, I get it. I'll just play Trey Jones with Wemby all the time. He just refuses to do that. <laughs> and here we are. So Wemby's averaging 19 and 10, 3.2 blocks a game. That is absolutely psychotic, and I love it. He's leading the league in blocks, which is, I hope he keeps that up because I might have got a sneaky uh, preseason bet on him for that. So that'd be fun. But otherwise, I'll tell you, the Spurs are a fucking mess. Suddenly, Sohan's not your point guard. Keldon Johnson's starting. Now he's not. Devin Vassell starting. Sometimes he's not. It's like, what is happening? Oh, yeah. Pop's just out here going, look, I'll tell you that we're going to like jump passing lanes, but I could also just spin some other bullshit. It's like, I don't know, Pop. I bet you can concentrate on less on being smart-ass and just like coaching the fucking shit out of this team because they're 5-30. and 30. They look dog shit. Anyway. Yeah, my New Year's resolution for the Spurs is for them to get a fucking point guard. So, all right, let's do some Yenars right after. We'll get some listener Yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do it. Let's do some ENRs brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. People! Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it! Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. Get a hoodie, get a t-shirt, get a coffee mug. That's right. There's only a few of those left. Uh, thanks to everyone who's already bought one. Um, it was nice to get some of the confirmations that they arrived from people as well. Because uh, I was just like, these are a pain in the ass to post. And uh, Australia Post like, no, nah, it's fine like that. I'm like, are you sure? They're like, yeah, it's all good. I'm like, fucking all right. Uh, and they've all arrived. So that's great. So happy days there. Go check it out, nbaaustralia.com slash shop, or just click through on the socials. All right, some yeah, nahs. Listen to yeah, nahs for today, and then we'll do some, uh, we'll ease back into this, you know, second half of the season uh, from tomorrow. But these are some really good yeah, nahs from listeners. Zachy Boo. I uh, sent this one through the other day. Do the Warriors suck because the idea that defense wins championships isn't true anymore? There's so many good offensive players now that having too many non-offensive threats on the court at the same time, like Draymond, Looney, or his favorite, PJ Tucker, as he's mentioning uh, for the Clippers, means that they can't keep up with teams. And you're like, yeah, nah. I think a lot of it to do is that they just lack that balance. So it kind of is right. Yeah, nah, yeah. Because with 
Clay taking a step back, he can't fucking guard anybody. Their defense is like ranked 22nd. They're giving up a shit ton of points per game. Uh, Steph is obviously past his peak. He's always been a handy help defender, but you can see teams more and more and more just like flat out attack him too. And with Clay being that step slower and they can't really hide him, so they can just sort of go at him more and more and more. So defensively, they've got... And without Draymond there as well, to sort of clean up all the goo, it's really fucking hard. So Zachy B sort of hit on something there about, I think the lack of balance more so than the uh, anything else is going to hurt them. There are so many good offensive players that, yeah, you can't basically play a dude like Draymond uh, to the same degree that you could in like 2016, 2017, because if you've got anybody else out there who's suddenly not offensively a threat, you're a little bit cooked. So Zach's hit a very good spot there. I like that. Jesse Boo, he says, yeah, nah, can we nominate Dante for Australian of the Year? Watching him revive his career has been fucking amazing. Yeah, nah, yes, I love it. Give Dante Australian of the Year the Tarnit Terror. Oh, I love it. The Seaford Sensation. Son of Susel. Fucking love Dante. And uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a bummer to have Dante out for just like that little bit of a, what is it, the heel or whatever, because he'd hit just a moment. I think, uh, was it the Boxing Day game, I want to say? Oh, no, just, no, it was literally New Year's Eve. There you go. He had the 19-5 and five against the Warriors and looked fucking great as the Mavs pumped them. Um, and that was just sort of then he hurts himself in that uh, Utah game. That's right, and they got fucking killed uh, by the Jazz about a week ago. So he's got a, you know, just like a little bit of an annoying sort of injury there, but he should be okay. And I just want him back and to stay healthy more than anything. But yeah, he should be Australian of the Year because he's an inspiring story for all Australians. Uh, ben Lecky, yeah, Benny, love this. Yeah, nah, Malik Monk for Sixth Man of the Year and Jalen Brunson for Most Improved. Yeah, nah, nah, can't do it. Brunson, Most Improved, that ship sailed last year. He should have won it. Uh, six man, Malik Monk, there is a lot of inconsistency about what he does. Because if he was sort of bringing it game in, game out, Malik Monk, I'd feel way better because he's the perfect idea of the six man, right? I think I think Naz Reid should win six man of the year. Like, Malik Monk kills you because he's like, just go through his game log. So if we go back to the start of December, 26, 21, 13, 21, 8, 18, 18, 10, 10, 7, 7, 15, 27, 6, 37, 15, 6. Like it's just fucking roller coaster gear, right? And Brunson, he's just now, he's reached a point of no return where I don't think he can get the most improved. So Tyrese Maxey is probably at that point as well. Like I do wonder if Tyrese Maxey... He's already seen as too much of an established star to win most improved this year, and they give it to Shengun or somebody. So, um, yeah. But they're good names. I'll tell you what. Uh, ben Leckie also had a good one prior to this. I think I missed it. I had a thought to help speed up the game. The NBA should stop allowing substitutions between free throws unless it's crunch time. Game flow would be heaps better. Yeah, nah, yes. I love this. I fucking love it. It's a stoppage. Yeah, I get it. But yeah, we're going we're gonna to fucking limit the amount of subs. It's a pain in the ass. Game flow is so much better in FIBA and shit where there's limited stoppages. 
Love it. Good one, Ben. And Brad McKagan, I know this will be old news when you get back, but yeah, no, nah, was Gordon trying to fuck his dog? <laughs> Might need to work on his phrasing with the media manager next time. <laughs> yeah, nah. I mean, probably not, but it all sounded very sketchy, didn't it? So it's very, very, very much like uh, it was on Christmas night, I think it was. I'd had a little bit too much eggnog, he said. It's like, we, what were you doing with it? You had a little bit too much eggnog. Did you try to fuck the dog, Aaron? What are you doing, mate? It was weird. Anyway, um, no, he had uh, his dog, I think it's a Rottweiler from memory. So it sounded fucking horrible, but, yeah, he came back and uh, got back out on the court. So, yeah, I don't know. Sounded very sketch though. I had a little bit. Too, I was a bit too drunk and fucked around with the dog. It's like, dude, what? Phrasing. All right. Quickly, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, I did see some people kicking up a stink about, oh, I can't believe Orlando are retiring Shaq's number. He only played there four years. Yeah. And it was awesome and iconic. I'm all for this. Like, the bloke was the number one pick. Turn that fucking franchise around and made them legit, right? Iconic jersey, iconic duo with Penny. They go to the finals, and they've only had one dude wear it since he wore it, and that was wildly forgettable. Thanks a lot, Jeremy Richardson, back in 08, 09. Yeah, bet you didn't know that. 32, Jeremy Richardson. Amazing. Uh, But hang that up in the rafters, I think. If I can just, like... If I can, even if it's not me, if it's like old mate and she spies a jersey and she knows who that player probably is, we should retire that jersey. You know what I'm saying? Like she would spot a 32 Orlando Magic jersey and probably go, that's Shaq, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Nailed it. Anyway. um, Last one, a bit of Outback Takehouse. What do you reckon? It's Monday at our back. You know what that means? Well, the squids and I spent, you know, the last couple of weeks down in Lawn. So we came across an echidna in the backyard. Tell you what, chuck that bastard on a spit. It comes with its own little fucking toothpicks to eat the sweet, sweet meat. That's right. It's entree echidna only at our back. <laughs> it's got the built-in toothpicks. And today's flame grill take is... We should move heaven and earth to get the Brooklyn Nets to trade Benny Boxhill Simmons over to the Portland Trailblazers to team up with his mates Aussie Maddie T and the Grim Reefer, the Great Barrier Reef doo-wop, and start the Portland Boomers. Only at Outback. Uh, to be honest, if we get Patty Mills back there as well, hashtag free Patty, let's fucking do it ASAMP, right? Because Benny Simmons, like that's the sort of thing where the Nets have sort of fallen off the cliff. And if they had Simo, you'd at least go, well, there's a little bit more upside. They'd have a little bit more defensive nous. But he's not doing shit. And uh, get him to Portland. Yeah. Nice one. All right. Uh, let's do a quick great moment in NBA Australia stat history. Oh, I've got to do the press the button, Jim. Press the button properly. Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. Oh, I'll tell you what, it's a pretty good one today because it's a bloke who doesn't pop up too often. It's old Mark Bradkey. Erstwhile, what, former Melbourne Tiger. He was a Brisbane Bullet for a little while, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, but either way, on this date, 
what is it, 27 years ago, I think now. Uh, he had one block, and that was it. And I did write a piece uh, as an NBA straight, never forget, a while ago about this one. But the cool thing is, on this day as well, essentially, you know, it was a back-to-back. Back in uh, January of twenty, uh, January 1997. What were you doing in 1997? Uh, so he had the one block against Roni Cycli and the Orlando Magic as they got ship-pumped at his sixes. And then the next day, so so that was our, that would be today. But if we're also going to go the 8th of January, America time, he had basically his second best game as a uh, sixer. Maybe third best, yeah, third best scoring game. Um, when he, they took on Dallas, he played 12 minutes. He went two or four from the floor. He went one or two at the line. Had one rebound, one foul, and five points in 12 minutes. Not bloody bad. The cool thing to think about for me is, like, who was on that Sixers team, obviously? It was the uh, weird Allen Iverson, uh, Jerry Stackhouse, Derek Coleman um, Sixers team where they had Clarence Weatherspoon, Don McLean, Rex Walters, Mark Davis, etc. Even Michael Cage was on their team. And they were shit. It made no sense. It was hilarious. And they got beaten by the equally shit Dallas Mavericks that year who were 11 and 20 at the same point. The Sixers were 8 and 25. Uh, this was the immortal, awesome, post-J-Kid uh, Mavs team where it was Michael Finley, Sam Cassell, AC Green, Jamal Mashburn and Eric Montross to go with uh, Chris Gatling, who iconically got dunked on by my favorite player ever, Sean Kemp. He also had old-ass George McLeod on that team. Jim Jackson wasn't with the team at that point, but yeah, good stuff. So... To uh, go back and have a look at the NBA Australia Never Forget, though, and do a bit of a retelling, because these are always fun. Let's do it. All right. On this day, 27 years ago, Mark Bradkey, Australia's sweatiest and hairiest export since one Dennis Keith Lilly was knocking the blocks off a bunch of unlucky bombs, was toiling away in the freezing Philadelphia winter amid a losing streak longer than... Oh, losing streak tougher than the skin on Albie Mangles' feet. Despite being bigger than the Streslecki Rangers, Bradkey had to suffer the ignominy ignominy? (laughs) of a clearly blind, deaf, and dumb coach, Johnny Davis, not realizing that he had one of the NBA's most talented big men riding the pine behind Scott Bloody Useless Williams as his Allen Iverson, Jerry Stackhouse, Derek Coleman-led Philadelphia 76ers imploded in a shower of 26 losses in 28 games from the end of November to the start of February. What were you thinking, Johnny? Open up your bloody eyes, mate. You've got the Australian Bill Walton just sitting there. Still... In their January 8 loss to the Penny Hardaway-led Orlando Magic, Bradkey did about as much as Dave Warner in an overseas test, only getting off the bench for four minutes, missing both his shots for zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, and zero steals. Aussie tennis legend Nicole Bradkey's husband did, however, knock the absolute bejesus out of some poor soul's ill-advised heave at the basket in the vicinity of Nora Longa's favourite son for a single block. See, a no-doubt sweat-drenched and hairy-chested Bradkey in the Sixers got owned by Ronnie Seekley. That's right, the man who looked like someone's mixed, someone mixed Ivanhoe's handsomest drug dealer with a seven-foot scar face did work that night, logging a crazy 23-15. and 15. Look, it was a rough one for Big Mark Bradkey in what would be a rough lone year in the NBA, but as Gary Ablett Jr.'s hairline will attest, you can't win them all. But good on you for trying, big fella. On you, Big Mark Bradkey. See, he doesn't get mentioned much on the old NBA Australia, but bloody fun times. 
I reckon if he'd gotten a bit more of a run, he would have been, a, you know, a little bit handier. Because I think it was a what is high scoring game was in March. Yeah, at eight and ten. Yeah, the seven and seven uh, at the end of uh, Jan at the end of December as well, back in nineteen ninety seven. But yeah, Mark Brakey, legendary gear. All right, shall we do a Patty Mills game day baller game day Twitter check in? I think we should because. Paddy uh, posted some fun New Year's Eve gear with he and the missus, which is always fun. You love to see it from Paddy. He and the missus getting out and about. A number eight year. Just he and the missus having a bit of a dance, having a bit of a party. Oh, kids looking good, having a bit of a smooch. It's lovely. Go check it out. All right, let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverton Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Yeah, it'd be good if I got this show fucking done. It's taking a while. <laughs> uh, how'd you go on the picks over the break, Jim? We went 45 and 39. Somehow I missed January 1st. Were you a bit hungover, Jim? A little bit. Um, but it's okay. Also, my wedding anniversary on January 2nd. Always good. Um, had a very nice dinner at Toddy's there in Lawn. Uh, it was good. Not great. I'm just saying, if you want more of my uh, restaurant reviews, need to be a little bit better than that. It was like the very fancy bread that they bring out was pretty okay. Could have used a hint more, I don't know, a hint more razzle-dazzle on it. The marinated octopus wasn't bad. Also wasn't knock your fucking socks off. What else was there? Oh, yeah, like even some of the cured meats and whatever. Wasn't that great? But then, you know, the mains were good. Like, the fucking steak was just stupid and very, 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 very good. Uh, and then, what else do we have? We had, like, you know, one of the fancy Toddy's pastas. It was pretty good. Cocktails are all right. Service took a fucking while. But, yeah. Anyway, it was a good wedding anniversary. I'll take it. Um, but we did go 45 and 39 over the break against the line. Not bad. We're 300 and 210 so far this season. I've done all the adding up, so... Not bad. It's pretty hard, like, going back and, like, going, right, that was against the line. Cool, picked it, nailed it. Oh, got it wrong, got it wrong. So, yeah, make sure you're following along. You could have followed along with all the picks over on Twitter. Hope you did. Um, tomorrow, we've got Chicago. I might just check these uh, numbers, actually, because they might have changed since I did them this morning. But we got Chicago at Charlotte. I think they smashed them again. Minus six and a half. Give me the Bulls in a heartbeat. The Bulls, what they could get. Tripped up by Levine coming back and going, it's my team. And everybody else going, this fucking guy sucks. But they're still better than Charlotte, who are fucking abysmal at the moment. Give me Chicago, minus six and a half. Boston and Indy. These teams just played the other day. Boston are actually only three and a half point favorites in Indy. And you kind of think, well, that's, uh, that's not bad. I mean, Boston are pretty good, Jim. They're, you know, 28 and seven. You talked about them. They're 11 and seven away. They beat the paces... What, 118-101 just the other day. In Indy, I think they can do it again. I'm going to take Boston minus three and a half. Uh, I reckon this one will be closer, but I think Boston get it done. Just too much size and too much skill. Uh, OKC in Washington. 11 and a half point favorites of the Thunder in Washington. After a couple of losses, I expect OKC to win, but I think Washington could probably keep that one a little bit closer. So give me the plus 11 and a half for Washington. Just to stick around. Okay, okay, so we'll still beat them, but Washington stick with them. Houston at Miami. That's a fantastically fun, weird game. I'm going to take the Heat. 
Uh, that was minus three and a half. Uh, Houston on the road, just a bit of a worry for me. So I'm going to take the Heat. They've looked pretty good. It's kind of the one thing I sort of skipped over them. Yeah, I really skipped over them, actually. Did I not talk about them at all? The Heat are tough. They're always going to be tough. They're a tough team. You've always got to... They're not going to beat themselves, all that sort of shit. But I think the most terrifying thing... Like, they got absolutely whomped by the Suns, but they beat the Lakers, what, a day or two beforehand? So, they're pretty fucking good. As long as they're healthy with... If they have Butler and Caleb Martin back, they're dangerous as hell, but... For the moment, I'll take Hero and Larry and Bam uh, to beat Houston. Then you got Utah at Milwaukee. I think the Bucks win this one pretty handily. Ten and a half point favorites. Their defense makes it hard to sort of trust them, but the Yaz on the road, I just can't get myself over that hump. So let's go with the Bucks minus ten and a half over Utah. Utah struggled against the line. So Phoenix plus six and a half against the Clippers. Clippers on a back-to-back. Same with the... Suns, I expect KD to go hammer and songs against Kawhi. I think the Suns can keep this one close, or else the wheels are going to be coming off pretty pretty handily. Because you've got Beal, you've got your Booker. Man, actually, now that I think about that, Booker did tweak his ankle. He might sit that one out. Oh, yeah, I might actually go the Clippers minus six and a half. Yep. If Booker's sort of tweaked that ankle, going on the road... Against LA, I'll take the Clippers. Paul George, Kawhi up against KD, Beal. Let's go Clips. Interesting one, though. Very interesting. All right, there you go. That's it. We're back. New year, new me. Hooray. (laughs) Not really. Uh, But we're back tomorrow daily. That's what we do here. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IG. We're all over the socials. Get around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Uh, We'll be doing... A playoff preview because all the NFL play playoffs are set, which are playoffs, playoffs, which would be fun as. Uh, get around the cricket today and football today podcast as well. Uh, we run those. What am I, executive producer or whatever? Uh, they are very, very good. And nbastro.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. So check us a rating review across your podcast app, whatever app you're using, your Android phone, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. It really does help. Come on. Uh, big thanks to From Ozo for the intro and outro song. Check out their other band, well, their new band, House Hats, as well as Joshua De La Renta's Fascinated Goldmines, Ram Trekkle Army, Iowa, Sex Today, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, and so should you. All right, we'll close out with a really, really quick daily review, and we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. It's good to be back. Happy 2024. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. That's tomorrow. Until then, look after yourselves, would you? And 2024! Later as in now! Oi, 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 how the fuck are you? It's your old mate Deli over here, just swinging boy. For my latest pop culture view, I gotta tell you. I don't know about yous, but, you know, holiday times and all that sort of shit. It's not that restful for me or whatever. Because, you know, we've got lots of games going on and everything. Like, lots of NBL stuff. So, yeah, I didn't get too much time to sort of, like, relax and watch, like, lots of movies and shit. But we did sort of at least get out there and, like, watch that new movie, The Creators. Order whatever it was on, like, the Disneys. And I've got to tell you, the, the missus, she was like, Hey, Dally, check this one out. It's fucking sick as man. I'm like, all right, fucking cool. 
And it's like, I don't know, internet is taking us all over, AI, blah, 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 blah. And I don't know about you, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Bits of it were pretty tough, pretty gnarly. But the rest of it, I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this guy, who's this guy now? What's happening? What's fucking with Andrew and McCubbin over there? Yeah, nah, this is, this is a bit fucking weird. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. AI is bad. Yeah. So there you go. The creator gets like 16 out of 10 deli ones from me because I have no idea what the fuck happened in that movie. And uh, yeah, it was still pretty good, though. I got that. Yeah, it looked all right. So check it out. I think it's on the. What is it on there? The Disney's. Yeah, check it out. All right, sick. All right, that's it for me for this week. We'll catch you next time. Later, fuckers. Deli out. Yeah. Oh, yeah.